Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Money. Few words evoke as much emotion as that one. Whether it's related to how much or how little you make, spending versus saving, or the difference between how you and your significant other see it, money sparks a conversation and a reaction. So how do we approach it with the proper mindset? It's been said that money is a tool. Used properly, makes something beautiful. Used wrong, it makes a mess. Thankfully, we don't have to figure it all out on our own. We'll explore how that's true in our latest series, Dollars and Cents. Let's continue the upward journey. Welcome, Upward family. So good to have all of you here today. Good to see this building packed today, as it always is at 930. Uh, glad to have you here. Before we start today, I want to say thank you to a precious couple, Robert and Willis. I want to, don't, don't hide now, I see them back there. Uh, they have been here since Alexa and I's first day at Upward Christian Fellowship. Next two weeks will be 25 years we've been here at our very first board meeting when we came to interview they were in the room there and they've led well and managed the finances robert led on the board and in so many capacities and i I can honestly say i would not be here today without this couple this building would not be here today without this couple we would not enjoy what we're enjoying right now without this couple they're moving away to be closer to their children we understand that we're going to miss them Can y'all stand so we can honor y'all this morning? I know we'll embarrass you to death. Would y'all stand back there? All right, we're going to continue our series. In fact, we're going to conclude our series today called Dollars and Cents. And so many of you, this series has been so much fun because so many of you have shared stories with me every time. At the end of every message and before every message, I'm hearing giving stories like crazy of how God has blessed you and just inspired you to be generous in your world. We've had so much fun. In week one, we uh, got rid of the scarcity mindset. We rejected a mindset of scarcity and we embraced a mindset of generosity. We said nope to scarcity, and we embraced a mindset of generosity. And you know, just just recently, this year, we've had over 200 new givers at Upward Christian Fellowship who said, for the first time, I'm going to be generous to the Lord and to His work. Over 200 families this year for the very first time. In week two, we had a tough message, but a necessary message. We went to look to the ant And we learned that in order to be successful financially, we have to work hard and earn what we make and plan well for the future. We gave away that week a subscription free to everybody, and it's still available if you'd like one, to Ramsey Plus, Ramsey Solutions. And you know, since that day, 310 families have created a budget for the first time on Ramsey. Isn't that exciting? I can tell you're blown away this morning. (laughs) Nobody gets excited over the word budget, but 310 families for the first time made a monthly plan for their finances, and that's so exciting. In week three, we learned that when we put God first in our finances, His hand of blessing rests, I can't speak this morning, rests upon our finances and blesses us in all kinds of ways. 
our operations director, Bonnie London, came to me this week and said, Pastor, you know the Christmas offering. And by the way, that's coming up in just a couple weeks. Every year at Christmas, we give away our biggest offering of the year. I want you to make it the biggest offering you've given to Upward Christian Fellowship this year. We're giving it all away. We're partnering with Thrive, a wonderful ministry in our community, and we're going to help people all over our community pay their rent and their mortgage at Christmas time. Isn't that exciting to think about? We believe we're going to be able to help 100 families keep their house this year. Bonnie said to me, Pastor, we've already gotten in two gifts for the Christmas offering. And get this, the first two gifts were teenagers from our student ministries who said, I want to give to help families in Henderson County. And I'm so excited about that. In fact, can you hear another story? You'll probably hear 10 more before the day's up. Somebody came to me this week. Our bookkeeper came to me with an old book of history that they had found about our denomination. And they, they looked back to our church's giving in 1984. And she said, Pastor, what is so interesting about this is it shows the annual giving in the church for 1984 and she said pastor I want to tell you the church family gave that amount last week think about that think about the great things that God is doing and how generous you are and how generous we're able to be with our community to bless the community for Jesus Christ we have learned that when you take these three steps God's hand of blessing rests upon your finances. Now today we get to the fun part, we get to step four. And I do need to say this as we begin. You do not get to just skip to step four. So those of you who are here today who still have to work on one, two, or three, work on one, two, and three, and you'll get to four. But today I want to talk about step four. I want to talk about the blessing that comes to you when you work hard, when you embrace generosity, when you put God first, He blesses you in a way that you can't even contain it. I want you to hear me about this. Churches are anointed for different things. God places an anointing or an empowerment on different bodies for different things. And hear me, one of the anointings that's upon us at Upward Christian Fellowship is an anointing towards radical generosity. To give where nobody gives, to bless where nobody's blessing, to go beyond. And I wonder if you here today, and this is serious business, if you want to invite that same anointing over your personal life. I believe anytime you're part of a body, anytime you're part of a church body, you get to participate, if you wish, under the corporate anointing of that body. And when you walk under that corporate anointing, the blessing that's there gets into your personal life as well. I just wonder how many would say, I invite an anointing of radical generosity over my personal life that I can give like never before, that I can serve like never before, that I can love like never before, that I can get in the flow of what God's doing and bless our community. guy came up to me before church today. He's working in the parking lot today. Thank God for the parking lot guys who are out there freezing today. Aren't you excited about the men and women out in the parking lot? They're out there serving. He said, Pastor, He said, I took Andrew Jackson with me to the grocery store this week. If you didn't hear last week, 
We said, put a denomination in your pocket every month to bless. He said, Andy Jackson was in my pocket. And he said, I got up to the end of the line uh, paying for my groceries. And he said, the guy there bagging groceries, I noticed his coat was worn. I noticed he looked like he needed new shoes. And he said, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, Andy Jackson. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit can say Andy. I don't know that he said it exactly. Like, that may be what I said. But the uh, Holy Spirit said, Andy Jackson. And he took out that. $20 bill, and he said, let me bless you at Christmas. He said, the guy was blown away. He said, I didn't even wait till next month. I got Andy D Jackson again, and I put him in my billfold. We're locked and loaded and ready to go now to bless somebody else. Amen. I want that anointing on your life. It rests on us, and you can invite that into your life. Today, we're going to take the last part, talk about the last part, and it's really one of the more difficult parts for people to receive. I know a whole lot of generous people who have no problem at all being generous with other people, but they have a problem receiving generosity. Anybody know anybody like that? They go out to eat with you, and they insist upon buying your food. Anybody know anybody like that? How many would like to get to know somebody like that? Amen. I, I need friends like that in my life. Okay. I know people, you go out with them, and they want to buy your meal, and they want to pay for the tab, and they're okay until you try to bless them. Anybody know anybody like that? I know people who are always giving but never want anybody to give anything back. I know Christians that if they buy something nice for themselves, there is a lingering feeling of shame and guilt that goes with that blessings. I'm seeing heads shaking out there today. How many in the building have ever bought something really nice for your family and there was this lingering sense of shame and guilt as if you shouldn't have bought that. Can I see your hands this morning? Oh man, this is a big deal all over the building. So this message is going to hit home today with some people in a real way. We're going to talk about how to receive blessing. And we're going to get rid of the pride that says, I don't need help. We're going to get rid of the pride of saying, I can afford to take care of myself. We're going to get rid of the shame that comes from being blessed and we're going to walk in God's abundance. I'm going to quote from a great man today. Anybody know a man named Dan Walton? Dan attends upward here, and he is a great man. In many ways, he's just an ordinary man like the rest of us. He put a quote on Facebook, and Dan wins Facebook today because his quote is getting up on the TV screen today. Dan said this, being willing to receive generosity is also a form of generosity. Could it be that welcoming this generous spirit into your life means that like never before, you're going to be willing to receive blessing, not just give it? That's a part of this spirit. Here's how God wants to bless you. Luke chapter 6, we're going to look at it this morning. Luke 6, this is the words, these are the words of Jesus Christ. He says this, let's read it together. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Oh, I like that. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Isn't that a powerful word from Jesus Christ? Give and it shall be given to you. Now, these are the words of Jesus Christ. I'm not preaching this morning some kind of crazy prosperity message that makes it all about money. I don't like that either. Nope. You ever turn on a TV preacher and everything about it turns into give a gift to me? Yeah. 
Anybody? Thank you for that. <laughs> Amy up here said, we only listen to you, Pastor. We only listen to you. So that could get you in trouble. That could get you in trouble. So, so do listen to some other people. But when I, if I turn, and I don't too much anymore, but if I turn on the TV and the answer to every one of my problems is send you money, then I've got a problem with that. And that's not what this is about. This is about us giving, God blessing us so we can continue to give and to bless and to serve and to live for others, amen, and to be blessed as well. Some people that have a problem with this, you've got a problem with something Jesus said because Jesus said, when you give, it's coming back to you. The old timers used to tell me, you can't outgive God. And I just want to tell you, that's so true. You cannot outgive God. When you give to Him, He pours back into your life. How many think that's good news this morning? Well, I got better news for you this morning. Not only does he give back what you give, but let's get the verse back up here this morning. It says, your gift will return to you in full. That means I can't give it away fast enough. We learned that at Upward when we really, really started turning up the generosity. I found this out. You cannot give it away fast enough that God pours it back into your life. But here's the good news. It will return to you in full, but here's better. What's these two words? Press down. That means God's going to push it down in the bag. Shaken together to make room for more. Poured into your lap. Running over and poured into your lap. I was out doing the job that so many people do this time of year. I was raking some leaves. And I decided to get ahead of the leaves. Have you ever just waited and said, they, I'm going to wait till they all fall before I break? That's not a good choice for me because it turns into this huge job. So I said, I'm going to get ahead of it a little. I'm going to rake the front yard and get these leaves up. And I got out one leaf bag and I thought, I can get all those leaves in this bag. Anybody relate to this kind of thinking? I'm like, I don't want to waste a bag. That might be scarcity mindset, but I don't want to waste a bag. I'm going to get all these leaves in one bag here so that I don't have to carry around three bags. I'm going to get all the leaves in one bag. How many, how many are bearing witness with my spirit right now? And you understand what that's all about. I, I get all those. So I started raking them up, and it didn't take long with all those leaves to get that bag full. And I thought, oh, I can get more in there. So I started stepping on the bag. Did anybody else do this? I don't know if this is the right way, but I started stepping on the bag. I'm crushing those leaves down in there. And you know, leaves pack up pretty good. And I thought, this works well. So I'm going to put some more leaves in there. And guess what? I got the whole, and I don't have a huge front yard, but I got the whole front yard in one bag. Now it weighed 4,000 pounds. I probably would have been better off with two bags. But you know, when I got those leaves pressed down in there, I heard this gentle voice of the Holy Spirit in my heart that brought this verse to mind. Son, I want to bless you in such a way that it's pressed down, shaken together, so much that you can't even contain it until it's running over out of your life That's how I want to bless you. And I want to tell you, friends, that's what God wants to do for you. He is your heavenly father. You are his child. 
And he wants to pour out abundant blessing in your life in all kinds of ways. When you work hard, when you put him first, when you plan well, when you embrace generosity, he wants to pour out in your life, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, poured into your lap. Anybody ready for that today? Say, God bless me in every way you want to bless me. Here's the problem. In the middle of that, as God is blessing you, somewhere in there, the enemy comes in and tries to steal blessing from us. He whispers into our hearts and minds when God begins to bless us, and he says a few things. Number one, the enemy comes and whispers and says, you don't deserve this. Anybody ever heard that voice in your head? You don't deserve this. You're no good. Well, folks, I want to tell you this. If it's a matter of deserve, I deserve to be lost and go to hell. My sin earned me. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't want to get into the deserve game anyway. When the devil comes to you and says, you don't deserve this, you can say, that's exactly right. I don't deserve any of this, devil. It's called grace. And it's amazing. And it's poured out into my life. And everything I have is due to Jesus Christ giving his life for me. And every blessing I walk in is because of God's grace. I don't deserve any of it, but it's lavished on me by a heavenly father who wants to bless me. It's a lie. I don't deserve this. The truth is God wants to bless you in all kinds of ways. The enemy will also... Anybody heard that before? The enemy will come on you and say this. You spent too much on this. Uh Uh-huh. You've heard that voice, haven't you? Now, once again, you can't skip over steps one, two, and three to four. If you've maxed out your credit cards without a budget and you're not giving, then you did spend too much. But when you've put God first and you've worked hard for something, you've planned well to buy it, go out and buy it and enjoy it. And don't buy the cheapest one that they manufacture on planet Earth. I'm trying to hit it. That miserly spirit here that says I've got to squeeze every penny. When you're out there shopping for a new washing machine, I don't know why it's been washing machines all week. Thursday night I preach this, it's washing machines. And you say... I'm going to save $300 and buy the cheapest one they have. As soon as it breaks down, your $300's gone. Christians are really bad at this. Well, I should have saved that money and kept that money. When you worked hard and you earned it and you put God first, go ahead and buy yourself something nice and don't be ashamed. That didn't go over. (laughs) I want you to get this in your heart. When you put God first, 
you are free to enjoy God's blessings over your life. Amen. I talked to somebody the other day, and I, I'm sorry, I'm using them in an illustration. If you don't want to use an illustration, don't talk to me. Um, <laughs> I see that hand back there. Um, somebody got a new car, and it was a new-to-them car, and I was out there looking at the car, and I said, man, this, that's a nice car. They said, oh, it's used. And I asked them later, I said, why did you have to tell me it was used? Well, I didn't want anybody to think I was being uppity. I didn't want anybody to think I paid too much. That person realized that there was something unhealthy inside that had to explain away something God blessed them with. I know this is hitting home today. I know it is, even though you're not moving. I know by faith God is driving this home to somebody today because Christians all the time get blessed with something and feel like they need to explain it away, feel like they need to feel guilty about it, and it takes away your joy in the blessing God just poured into your lap. You've worked hard. You've earned it. You've saved for it. You've put God first. You buy the best you can and you enjoy it and run the voice of shame out of your life forever for your heavenly Father wants to bless you. Amen, Pastor. Great preaching up here today. You're setting me free today. Be careful always to remember life is not about things. And life does not come from things. Life comes from Jesus Christ. But it's also good to have nice things that work. It's nice when you put the clothes in the washer for it actually to clean your clothes. You go buy a car, buy the nicest one you can afford. If you want the heated seats, get them. I hate them. My wife loves them. She turns them on all the time. I feel like I've had an accident. <laughs> I do. This happened. Seriously. Sorry. I get in those heated seats. I'm like, what has happened here? Then it's like I turn that off. I'm like, turn that off. I don't care if it's zero outside. I do not want a heated seats. But if you want that, and God's blessed. I'm sorry, I messed you up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the truth. Let's just move on. Third thing the devil might say, you could buy this yourself. I was talking to a family the other day, and somebody gave them something super nice that blessed them. And they thought, you know, we could afford this. Sure, you could. I'm shopping for Christmas right now, and I'm buying my kids some stuff that they could afford. Now, this is a new thing for me. Prior to a couple of years ago, my kids couldn't afford anything. And one of them still can't. But she's working two jobs, putting herself through college, and I'm so proud of her, but 
college students don't have a lot left over. My son works, and he can afford now to buy him some stuff that he wants. But guess what? I'm still going to get him some stuff he can afford because he's my son, and I want to bless him. There are times God just wants to come in and pick up the bill. Even though you got money, God says, I want to give this to you because you are my child. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I serve a God that loves me that way. So glad I serve a God that's looking out for me. Here's another big one, and I've got to move on. You should have given that money to the poor. Buy the cheap washer and give that $200 to the homeless. Now, I believe in taking care of the homeless. When we're generous to the work of the Lord, we take care of them together. And you're in a church that believes in it. Let me tell you again, we give away 20% of every penny that comes in here. 20% goes out of this place to touch our world. We believe in that with all our hearts. We put our money where our mouth is. But if you're buying junk saying we should have given this to the poor, you're going to be poor. Amen? I got to thinking about that lie, and I've heard that lie in my own heart, in my own mind many times. And I got to thinking, there's a verse in the Bible about that. And I thought about the story. Here's the story. There's a person in the Bible that said that very thing. You should have saved that money and given the money to the poor. Now, before you get all ready to emulate this person, wait till I tell you who it is. Jesus is at the house of a Pharisee, and he's having dinner. And a lady comes in with a box of ointment, precious ointment, and she breaks it on Jesus' feet. That, that box and that ointment was worth a year's wages. And in one moment, she broke this at Jesus' feet. There was a guy sitting around the table who said, well, let's look at it, John 12. But Judas Iscariot, before you emulate him, there's a reason very few children are named Judas today. <laughs> Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. You spent too much on that. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds religious, doesn't it? Yeah. Sounds like something a good church person would say, praise God. No. <laughs> we should have held on to that. We could have blessed some poor people with it. Yep. We shouldn't have brought that nice thing for the church. We should have brought one that'd break down every Sunday and so we can. <laughs> sounds religious. Thankfully, the Bible tells us the rest of his story. He didn't care for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. See, the motive here wasn't right. He didn't care a thing in the world about the poor. There are some religious people who, in the name of caring for the poor, care for themselves. There might be some other kinds of people who, in the name of caring for the poor, care for themselves. Judas didn't care about the poor. He wanted that money in the money bag so he could dip into it. I want you to hear this and I want you to take it home and believe it. The voice that shames us for our blessings is the voice of the thief. Always. 
The voice that shames you when God wants to come and bless your life is the voice of a thief in your life, the thief who is the devil, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, who wants to rob you of your blessing, and if he can't keep blessing from getting to you, wants to shame you so that you cannot enjoy the blessing that God puts in your life. You might say, well, pastor, hold up just a minute here. Hold up just a minute. This blessing was being poured out on Jesus and I'm not exactly Jesus. Well, I knew that. We're not Jesus. But I want you to see something powerful in this story. John 12, 3 tells us how she anointed Jesus. Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume. Imagine, 12 ounces cost a year's salary. She took this expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. What did she do? wiping his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance. See, that whole house got filled with the presence of abundance, and the spirit of abundance filled that whole house. But it says this, she wiped it on Jesus with her hair. So she left that place smelling just like Jesus. The abundance she poured out on Jesus was also all over her. She didn't just leave it behind. Have you ever smelled any expensive perfume? I was in a place the other day, and I think she's here today. lady working in there showed me, what was it, a $2 bottle of perfume? This was a year's wages for 12 ounces. It smelled good. She poured it out on Jesus, and it got all over her as well. When you pour everything you have onto Jesus Christ, the blessings that you lavish on Him are all over you as well. So that when you walk out of His presence, you smell like Him. You smell like abundance. You smell like joy. You smell like peace. Let Him bless you. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to close. When somebody wants to bless you, here's what you do. Say, thank you and receive it when someone wants to buy your meal say thank you and receive it receive it as from your heavenly father when you go to buy something and you've taken all the other steps remember you've taken all the other steps you work hard you put God first you've got a plan for your finances you have not overspent this might be a good message for Christmas time When you've taken all the other steps of financial freedom, you buy the very best quality of whatever it is you can afford and be blessed by it and go home and enjoy it. And when that little voice comes speaking to you, say, you shouldn't have bought this. You spent too much. You should have given it to the poor. Say, no, Jesus. No, no, Jesus. You don't ever say no to Jesus. (laughs) Rewind, start over say no devil it's important to make that distinction too which is which one i'll get that straight here no devil i'm not going to be shamed by your voice anymore anymore i want to tell you a story and i'm going to close this really is the last story today this really promise you it is i've told this story about once a year and i've been here in two weeks to be 25 years so some of you have heard this robert and Ann have heard this story 25 times i'll promise you I want to tell you how Jesus taught me about this in my own life. Many, many years ago, this is in 1989, 
I was in Bible college and um, I was trying to go on my third mission trip to Honduras. And I uh, loved it. I went there three times before I actually went to live there for a few years. And this trip was an important part of my life because it was on this trip uh, that I was going to get the job teaching in a school where I met my wife. Have y'all seen my wife? <laughs> Guys, you want to listen to this story. Some of you kids who are out here looking for a spouse, I want to tell you something. You do the right thing. You follow Jesus, and they follow Jesus, and he'll bring your paths together. You don't have to go out looking for them, searching for them, high and low. You follow him, they follow him, and he'll bring you together. That's what will happen. I promise you that will happen. Anyway, I'm trying to raise money for this trip, and college students, as I mentioned before, don't have a whole lot of money. And I think I needed $1,200, $1,400 to make this trip. And I didn't have it. And I'd sent out letters to my family and friends saying, pray and send money. You ever sent out one of those letters? I'm going on a mission trip. Pray and send money. Only problem is I'd done this two years prior, and I was asking for the third time. And the money was not coming in like it did the previous years. And I was really worried that I was not going to be able to make this third trip. And if I had known how strategic it was in my life, I might have been more worried, but I didn't even know. And the money wasn't coming in, and I was saying, God, what am I going to do? I worked in the college as an RA, uh, residential assistant. I was in charge of a floor of young men, and we also had the responsibility of working down at the front desk in the dorm. And it was a lot of students, and we had a lot to do. And uh, we used to work weekends. I think our shift was from 4.30 in the afternoon till 1 a.m. the next day. So I would start work at 4.30 on a Friday night and work till 1 a.m. the next day. And I always had to remember to eat dinner before my shift started. Because I couldn't leave the desk and I didn't have enough money to go to Taco Bell. That's college life right there. That's the college experience right there. It was mine anyway. I forgot to eat dinner and I saw it was 4.30, I ran to the desk and I realized I'd had nothing to eat. And I, if the staff will tell you, when this guy gets hungry, there's a problem. They know when it's lunchtime. All right. So I got down and sat at that desk and I said, uh, well, I guess I just don't eat tonight. Time rolled by, I kept getting hungrier and hungrier, you know. Finally, a kid came up to the desk. He said, Andy, can you come let me in my room? And I said, sure, I'll come let you in. We had a master key. And there was a stairwell there. And I, I ran up the stairwell to get to his floor. He was several floors up. And, and I remember this. I had that key, and I was running up the stairwell. And if I ever had it happen in my life, it happened this day. The Holy Spirit stopped me and spoke to me. And I just remember stopping. It was so real to me. I stopped on the stairwell. And the Holy Spirit said to my heart, ask me for something to eat and I completely ignored it I thought oh it's nothing and I went on I opened the guy's door and let him in and I started back down and at the same spot it's just like a wall hit me boom stop and the Holy Spirit said to my heart this is not a request this is an order ask me for something to eat. Do you realize when God says ask, He's not requesting you to ask. He's telling you, ask and you shall receive. So I prayed the least faith-filled prayer I've ever prayed. I had no faith at all. It was sheer obedience. I said, alright, you ever just 
You ever just obeyed so they'll leave you alone? I just want you to know that's what this prayer was like. I said, okay, Lord, give me something to eat. Amen. That was the extent of it, I promise you. Went back down to the dorm, sat at the desk, and hour went by. I didn't even think of it. Guy comes walking in. He's got a pizza in his hand. You're going to think I'm making this up before I'm done. He goes walking by, and I thought, ooh, there's a pizza. And I thought, come on, Jesus. He walked right by me down the hallway. And at the desk, I could see all the way down that hallway. And he goes down that hallway. He gets halfway down there, and he stopped in his tracks. And he turned around, and he came walking back towards me. And I thought, what is happening? He walked up to that desk. He said, Andy, the Lord just told me to give you this pizza. Anybody been to college? Anybody ever met a college student with a pizza? That is a miracle from God. Very close to raising Lazarus from the dead. It's almost that good. He said, Andy, I want you to have this pizza. I said, sure. Five minutes later, a door opens over here. A friend of mine's coming down from the girl's dorm. She has a bag of microwave popcorn in her hand. She said, Andy, I was popping this popcorn, and the Lord told me you were hungry. Pizza, popcorn. It happened exactly like this. Five minutes later, a guy comes down. He's got a two-liter Pepsi. He said, Andy, the Lord told me to give you this Pepsi. It's even alliterated, pizza, popcorn, Pepsi. I should make a sermon out of this. You know, there was so much food there that other people came and ate too. That happens in college as well. We all had a meal there together. And I thought, wow, God, you did it. I'm not done. That night, I get off work at 1 a.m., 1 a.m., and I went up to my dorm, and I'm tired, and I put the key in the lock, and I hear a voice down the hallway. The guy's name's Terry from Washington. I remember all these people's names. Terry came up, and he said, Andy, he had a bag of Taco Bell in his hands. The place I'd really wanted to go. And as I was putting he said, Andy, he said, the Lord told me to give you my tacos. You know what I said to him? I said, Terry, man, you've obeyed God, but I just can't eat anymore. I went inside and I closed the door to my dorm and I said, wow, God, you're showing me something. That's how stubborn I am. God has to show me five times. I remember leaning back on that door and the same sweet voice of the Holy Spirit came to me and said, son, if you'll trust me, I'm not only going to give you enough, I'm going to give you enough that others around you will have enough too. Amen. When I go to the grocery store and there's a checkout kid there who doesn't have enough for Christmas, he's going to have enough because I've got enough. When I walk by and there's a homeless person on the street, they're going to have a home because I've got a home. Amen. There's a hungry person somewhere. They're going to have food because I've got food. End of the story. I promise I'm quitting. That week I had a check sent to me that covered my trip to Honduras. And from that day forward, 
I kept receiving checks for that trip more than I'd ever received before. In fact, I received double what I was supposed to pay. And another young lady, I was able to pay for her trip to go to Honduras too. God is faithful. You try to tell me God doesn't bless faithfulness and God doesn't bless His children, you're far too late. You're about 40 years too late from telling me that. He's faithful. Amen. I want you to stand really quick, and I've got to close this really quick because I'm over time. Be nice to the people in the parking lot today as they're coming in, okay? Uh, I want you to lift your hands right now with me, if you will, if you're comfortable with this. Lord, we invite the Spirit, the anointing of generosity and blessing that is resting down on this body. We invite that into our personal lives. As we end this series, Lord, we're going to work hard. We're going to embrace generosity and not scarcity. Lord, we're going to plan well. We're going to put you first. And Lord, we're going to repent of the pride that's kept us from receiving blessing from you. Yes, it's pride that keeps us from receiving. We repent of that today and welcome all that you have. Open the windows of heaven so your people may have more than enough so that everybody in our orbit will have enough as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much. Next week we begin. I'm going to preach a powerful sermon on the evils of gluttony next week. So be here. <laughs> I'll hit you centers right where it's at next week. No, Next week we begin a series called Peace on Earth. We're going through the book of Luke, chapter 2, the account of Jesus' birth. Christmas is here, and we're excited about that. All right, you ready to be blessed today? The Lord says, raise your hand to receive. The Lord says, try me, try me, test me, and see if I won't pour, open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you you're not able to contain. This season is going to be a season of blessing for you. You're going to see God pour out blessing on you that you can't hold by yourself. It's a blessing that will multiply to other people. You'll receive it. He'll bless you with it today. Now I commission you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go out of this place and make Jesus known. Amen. Amen. Love y'all so much. Everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.